Hey friends, you're listening to OKY. I'm your host, Michael Grove. Today is January the 3rd, and we are here in the Bible reading plan. Remember this year, we are reading one chapter at a time. So I'm so excited to read today. At the end, I'll give you a few thoughts before we end our time together. But here we go. Luke chapter 3. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetriarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetriarch of Achiria and Traconitus, and Lysanias, tetriarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then? the crowd asked. John answered, Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, And what should we do? He replied, Don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. But when John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of his marriage to Herodias, his brother's wife, and all the other evil things he had done, Herod added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son, so it was thought, of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Mephat, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Janai, the son of Joseph, the son of Matthias, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Esli, the son of Nagai, 
the son of Maath, the son of Matthias, the son of Shemian, the son of Josek, the son of Jodah, the son of Joanan, the son of Ressa, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adai, the son of Kazam, the son of Almadon, the son of Ur, the son of Joshua, the son of Eleazar, the son of Jorim, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonim, the son of Eliakim, the son of Melia, the son of Mena, the son of Metatha, the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Salmon, the son of Naashan, the son of Aminadab, the son of Ram, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Sarug, the son of Reu, the son of Peleg, the son of Eber, the son of Shelah, the son of Canaan, the son of Arphaxad, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalalel, the son of Kenan, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. This concludes Luke chapter 3 and concludes our reading for today. Let me give you a quick thought before we end our time together. So if you think it's uninteresting to listen to someone read a genealogy, try being the person that's reading it. It is not that much fun. In fact, every time we get to a genealogy, I just go crazy thinking about, wow, I got to pronounce these names. Why couldn't they just be called Bob and Sue or Michael? Instead, there's crazy names like Shealtiel or Resha or Metathias. It's just so hard to read these genealogies. Why are they there? But to me, this is one of the most interesting, important ones. Why? Because of how it ends. It says that Kenan is the son of Enosh, who is the son of Seth, who is the son of Adam. And then it concludes like this, saying that Adam is the son of God. But go back to the top. This all started by saying that Jesus was the son of Joseph, who is the son of Heli. So listen to how he's starting. He's starting by making sure that we understand Jesus had an earthly lineage. But remember what it said about Joseph in verse 23. It actually says that Jesus was the son, so it was thought, of Joseph. By saying this, Luke is addressing the fact that Mary had a supernatural pregnancy. Anybody who would have heard that would have thought, what? This is crazy. There's no way possible. So look what Luke does. He takes everybody on a journey of naming all these earthly generations. Yet, how do they all start? By getting down to Enosh, the son of Seth, who is the son of Adam. And of course, Adam is the son of God. In other words, Adam had no earthly beginning. He came from God. Now, to the listeners, it would have been no problem to understand this. In fact, they all believed that Adam was just from God. There was no need for any other explanation because they understood, believed, and were okay with the fact that Adam just came from God. So what is Luke trying to do? 
He's trying to show that if we can accept that, then why can't we accept that Joseph, even though he was the earthly father of Jesus, he really wasn't the natural father of Jesus. He was supernaturally born. In other words, he is the son of God. And if you follow Luke in his genealogy, this shouldn't be far-fetched because Adam began all life here on this earth for human beings by being born straight from God. He had no natural earthly parents. So what has Luke done in this short genealogy? He has shown us that Jesus is fully man. He has an earthly line that goes through David and actually straight through to Adam. But also, he shows us that Jesus is supernatural. In other words, he is fully God. He came from God. And just like that, Luke has brought us into first the humanity of Jesus and the divinity of Jesus at the same exact time. Did you realize that Jesus was fully human? That he lived an earthly life just like you and I? I think we often forget that part, that he knows what it felt like to go through everything that you and I face today. He struggled with relationships. He was tired. He was hungry. He went through every human emotion, feeling, and thought that you and I have today. Yet, he was fully God. Nothing could get past him. He understood the will of his Father. As we see in the Garden of Gethsemane, it's in those final hours that he was conflicted with how he felt as a human being, yet knew that he wanted the will of God because he was the true Son of God. So he had full earthly human feelings, and yet he kept his heart, his mind, and his abilities set on his heavenly destination. He was fully God. Now, you and I aren't fully God, but we are called to be his children. Yet too often, we keep our focus on our earthly destination. That looks like us stopping and questioning, what do I have? What do I want? What do I need? Yet our heavenly destination would say, what does God have? What does God want? What does God need from me? Now, we're just three days into 2024, and I would ask you to make this your prayer. God, align my earthly heart with your heavenly destination, that I would constantly wonder, what does my heavenly Father want of me today? What is God's divine purpose that he has for my life right this moment? And what is it that God wants to do in and through me to be part of his plan? And as you do that, you will understand your earthly calling with your heavenly mission. Because God has called you to be part of his kingdom and to do his work. So Luke sets us on that path by showing us Jesus' heavenly understanding inside his earthly body. I believe that this year, God has great things in store for you, but you will only understand what those mean and how they unfold if you get your eyes off this earthly world and focus on your heavenly purpose. So my prayer for you is that you would set your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your being on the things of God. And as you do, let him align your earthly body with your heavenly purpose. That's all the time we have left for today. I love you and God bless. Music.